to the Gridiron Show, and it's our Week 10 preview show. Will and Ollie in the front room go through all the weekend's games and answering your questions on Twitter. Not really much else to go over after the award show. Other people seemed to love that, so maybe we'll do more three show weeks. <laughs> That's never happening. <laughs> Otherwise, this is the preview show, and this is the Gridiron Show. Ollie, did you see the tweet that we got about your intros? No. Uh, somebody. But if this is harsh, <laughs> just, all just... right. I just won't tell you. I'll, uh, I'll bite my tongue. No, no, no. Tell me. I think all critiques are good critiques, and uh, I will work on them. Thanks, pal. Yeah, I'd like to see you do it. Um, it was sorry. Whoa! <laughs> Jake Viney simply sent us a thing that said. Uh, Ollie trying to do the intro in pictorial form and then sent us a gif of the butt fumble. Oh, yeah, fair enough, actually. My last intro wasn't great. You just really sprung it upon me. Um, I thought the intro before was all right. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Ollie, just try holding the mic actually on the plastic bit rather than on where it connects. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, it's still gone fuzzy again. Just try and push it in. How about that? Yeah, I don't know why it is. People are going to have to deal with it. I'll try and take it out in post. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will and Ollie in the front room. We're going to be going over all the Week 10 games, bit of news and views, looking back on Thursday Night Football and taking your Twitter questions as well. Uh, people gen- generally seemed to enjoy the award show. Any Anything we left out? People... Stuff that people didn't like. No, I think people generally were pretty positive. People said nice things about Mike White. Um, well, as they should. Our friend Rob, who uh, is personal friends with Mike White and is in that fantasy league I'm in with all the Northern people. Oh, he the was, rugby league guys. Uh, yeah, with the rugby league guys and Richard Graves in that league. Um, he, <laughs> he was listening to it at home and his wife was like, what are you listening to? Why do they keep calling Mike the Mike White instead of just calling him Mike? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that amused me greatly. He's Um, no longer the Mike White on Twitter, is he? Uh, he was never the Mike White on Twitter. So who is he now? The, the, he was always Mike White Sport on Twitter. The the Mike White thing came from um, a, a different fantasy league again that we're in, the um, the Dynasty League, but the smaller Dynasty League. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's got a couple of guys, a couple of Hull supporters, uh, who are like BBC Radio Humberside fans because they've listened to Mike on... Well, not like fans, but you know, they've listened to Hull and yeah, yeah. Scunny and stuff like that. It's their local BBC station. So when I was suggesting people who could join our league when we were expanding, it, I suggested Mike White, and someone went, The Mike White. Oh, right, great. Okay. <laughs> that's, very it's, it's, and that's why he's now The Mike White. It's so insular a <laughs> reference, but I'm glad you. You cleared that up for everybody, including me. Yeah, well, I do try. I do try. Lots of uh, lots of fun things happening around the league. But Ollie, what's uh, let's start off with you. What's new with you? Anything exciting to report? Well, I don't want to bring it down. Oh, okay, but 2016 has sucked. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty dreadful year overall. Um, it's one that we can pretty much get rid of the record books. There's part of me that feels like the early in the year celebrity deaths. In some ways, I'm devastated that we lost David Bowie so young, but I'm kind of delighted he didn't have to live through Brexit and Trump and everything else because he was very much a man who was, uh, who was against hatred, and there's a lot of that going on at the moment. Well, and now Leonard Cohen. Overnight. I yeah, mean, it, I loved Leonard Cohen. 
I loved him. Solon Marianne, uh, Bird on a Wire, of course, Hallelujah, which then uh, was was um, popularized by Jeff Buckley it's... and late, latterly Alexandra Burke. Um, I thought you were going to say, and latterly Shrek. <laughs> did they, it did Shrek. Do <laughs> yeah, it? there was that was used in the Shrek movies. Oof. Yeah. Oh dear. There we go. Uh, but I think that's that's really bummed me out as well. Muhammad Ali, Prince. Ah, the 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 list goes on. And then, off. I reckon. I even though he was Canadian, he probably died of a broken heart. Yeah, I saw Leonard Cohen in two thousand and eight. No way. You've when he seen played him. at when Where he played at Glastonbury, um, and he was amazing. Uh, it was. One of those afternoons where he was playing kind of third from third or second from headline. The sun was just going down. It was real kind of mellow, melodic. He did a, a bit of a hit set. It was phenomenal. So I'm delighted I did get to see him. But yeah, it's a sad day. Another sad day in a year of sad days. Uh, but we won't let it bum us out too much. Or you guys. So uh, what's going on with you? You're off to a wedding tomorrow. I am. I'm off to an Indian wedding. But Will's so Billy Big Bollocks. He's got two shirts. Yeah. He's changing. Halfway through. Well, it's because it's like a long ceremony in the morning and then a buffet lunch. You know, I love that. Um, Who doesn't? And then followed immediately after the buffet lunch, there's then the civil ceremony to make it legal in this country. And then there's like a little three-hour break in the middle. And so we're at a hotel nearby. We'll go back, shower. I figure you don't want to put on the same shirt you're wearing that morning. So I'm just wearing a slightly less formal shirt in the evening. I like it. You've done well. A nice berry colour. A kind of, I'm trying to remember, a plum almost. Plum is a great word for it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just mixing up. I haven't decided on the blue suit or the grey suit yet. That ha- that decision hasn't been made. I think, oof. Is it a dark blue suit? Yeah, it is. Is it your wedding suit? Yeah, but without the, the three-piece version, just yeah, the two-piece. Yeah. That's the difference. Women can't wear a wedding dress to a later occasion. I've now worn my... I will, if I wear my wedding suit tomorrow, I've now worn it twice since my wedding. What you've done as well, I, with the tie, you could go either. Because that tie... What a colour. It's a racing green, like a Jaguar green tie. And Sarah's got like, she's not gone full sari, but she's got like a, a headdress thing, etc., which goes with her thing. And that's green, so I'm matching her. I mean, great. You're like the guys on Sky Sports. <laughs> exactly. That was my... <laughs> like Jim White and <laughs> Natalie Sawyer. <laughs> what have you got for us, Natalie? <laughs> um, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's exactly why I... That was where my own inspiration was yeah, who, who is Whose inspiration <laughs> isn't Jim White? Let me tell you. Um, I really like that tie. Where'd you get that tie? I want it. Debenhams. Great tie. The collection. Debenhams, good shirts for overweight people. That's why I went there. I will make a note of that. You'll notice the number of X's before large on that shirt. Holy moly. <laughs> I have to turn over the uh, the label. <laughs> I like that even though we're in audio form, you actually turned <laughs> yeah, over the label to make yeah, that joke. I, did, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, I also, whilst I, so I went on a little shopping trip yesterday. Ooh. I went and bought Gears of War 4 for my Xbox. Uh, I went and bought it in Crawley because it was cheaper there and because I wanted to go to the cinema and I just did it all in one. I went to Debenhams in Crawley as well and then I went to see Arrival. Man, that is a film. What a great movie. That's my favourite thing I've seen at the cinema in a while. Wow. Like, I mean, it wasn't hard after Jack Reacher, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but there was, um, there was someone yeah. who really didn't like our little film review section. But yeah, Arrival, weird, uh, intelligent, uh, well acted. Is that Amy Smart? Amy Adams. Uh, that's her name. Yeah, Amy Smart's Amy the Smart blonde is. girl. No, Amy Smart's the girl from like Van Wilder. Uncle. No, <laughs> Uncle. That's Alicia Vikander. 
Oh, I know who Amy Smart is. Now I've looked her up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've found her on Google. Um, she's 40. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, should we talk about football? Cause... Yeah, we went far too long on ties. It's <laughs> 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 probably the most mundane start of any of our shows. That And that really is impressive. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Thursday night football. Uh, the Cleveland Browns went to the Baltimore Ravens and come away 0-10. Uh, they led 7-6 at halftime and genuinely put in a really good first half performance. Jamie Collins was getting really, really good pressure he got a sack uh, I thought that their secondary was playing well I thought overall I mean it's it's a misfiring Ravens offense but in the second half they got the run game going they got a couple of turnovers on the defense Eric Weddle got a good pick Terrell Suggs was excellent uh, he got a strip sack and he also forced uh, forced an interception when he um, caught the arm it was almost like a strip interception yeah, yeah. Uh, as the ball was firing out um, so the Ravens now two in a row after a four game losing streak are up to five and four the only team in the AFC North above 500 at this point uh, they win 28-7 in the end um, weird things from this game Hugh Jackson at I think about 13-7 I don't think it was that early in the game um, decided to switch Cody Kessler for Josh McCown. Now, I didn't think Cody Kessler was playing particularly badly at that point. He'd had one interception, uh, but overall, I didn't think he was terrible. Then here are McCown's... uh, In fact, he didn't, because I think he only had two picks on the mic. Here are McCown's five drives. Uh, Interception, Mm -hmm. three and out, including a McCown fumble, which he fell on. Interception, lost fumble, three and out. He finished six of 13 for 59 yards and three turnovers. <laughs> and seeing that final three and out, which were all in his own end zone. Yeah. I think two of them were deflected passes. It, it, it's like he just couldn't be asked. It's like he almost wanted to give up the safety. Yeah. Because then he knew the he game re- was over. He, he really tried. Anymore. Maybe that's his <laughs> favourite um, favorite umpire call. Safety! I like the way you did that uh, in, in, <laughs> in radio form as well. It's um, not, uh, fun, not um, juggling the ball out, out of out Oh, of juggling bounds. the ball out of bounds is, is, should be everyone's favourite referee. Yeah, yeah. It should be everyone's favourite. Give us your top three favourite referee <laughs> <laughs> refereeing this calls. This great banter. Oh, God. <laughs> this is dreadful, isn't it? Uh, I always knew doing just a podcast on this was a terrible idea, but there we go. Um, but it was the performance of the veterans that really impressed me for the Ravens and made me thought, with the faltering Steelers as they are at the moment, the Ravens have got every chance of going on and winning this division this year. Um, Terrell Suggs, I already mentioned, played really well. Uh, we saw that the inception and generally the very high level of play from uh, Eric Weddle. Steve Smith got a touchdown, had a couple of good runs after the catch as well. Uh, Mike Wallace had a really good day on the outside. Brashad Perryman came in, got a touchdown and did well as well. I know he's not an, a veteran, but just they've, they've got a bit more stability back. They finally got those players back from injury. And yeah, I, I think overall, I was really, really impressed. Um, yeah, really very impressive. Good for you, man. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, they were dire first half (laughs) and they were playing the Cleveland Browns and they were playing the Browns but uh, if you want to jump on the old bandwagon that's up to you Uh... guess what I saw I'm not changing my FC North bandwagon guess what I saw in Brixton yesterday that's an actual bandwagon an actual bandwagon how did you not send me that picture and or tweet it I've only just remembered about it were you pissed uh, no, I wasn't why were you in Brixton why didn't you buy the world's best wings while you were there I just went for lunch Met a friend in Brixton. I could have gone for lunch in Brixton yesterday. It was really nice. Went to this Mexican breakfast place. I had uh, poached eggs on a muffin, toasted muffin with avocado, chorizo and bernet sauce. 
I was going to say, at the moment, that's not sounding very Mexican. And then you threw an avocado and, I mean, chorizo's not very Mexican, but... No, I mean, they called it Mexican. <laughs> With a, dust, <laughs> it, it dusting, a of, dusting of chili. It was very nice. Good coffee as well. Uh, right, should we look forward to the rest of the Week 10 slate then? We'll go through it in uh, chronological order, because there's obviously the brilliant Sunday night game to come. Steelers, Seahawks, Steelers, Seahawks, Patriots, Seahawks. Uh, but let's start off with the pick of the 6 o'clock games. Um, and my favourite game, and amazingly... The home side are the favourites in this one. Who would have thunk it four or five weeks ago? The New Orleans Saints at four and four welcome the six and three Broncos into the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, Trevor Simeon, who is one of those, we were talking about this before the show, the number of humorously Britishly named players yeah. in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the NFL right now is amazing. This is off the back of Eric Weddle. And who else? Um, Eric uh, Weddle's interception uh, last night. Brilliant. Brilliant. Kenneth Kenneth Dixon. Yeah. Kenneth's very British. Yeah. Gary Barnage is very British. I know other people. Colin. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Trevor. Ka- Trevor Simeon. But it's the first names. They're all very, names. very British. All right, all right. Uh, so, yeah, the defending Super Bowl champions. William Hayes. Uh, take their previously suffocating defence into the New Orleans Saints and that new, very exciting run offence that they're going. Um, but... It, there's a serious concern about um, uh, the Denver defense. They've given up almost 400 yards on a regular basis yet, lately. Um, a lot of kind of big short yardage plays where last year they'd stop teams on third and short and they're not converting that. And actually with the one-two punch now of Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower, as well as they've been over the last couple of weeks, that I kind of like the Saints. Well, I've picked them on on Gridiron uh, Predictor game. I've picked the Saints. I like the Saints. You like them? I like the Saints. Well, in their dome, they're excellent. The Broncos are stuttering. Trevor Simeon hasn't looked great. I think he's completing just under 60% of all his his, uh, passes, which isn't good enough. He's still struggling with that shoulder injury that... Uh, left him out of the game. I think it was two, uh, three or four weeks ago and uh, Paxton Lynch came in. Didn't work out for them that time. Um, I, they, they're, they're giving up yards uh, to, to, to rushes. I mean, listen, listen to this. So last week against the Raiders, the Broncos gave up 218 yards on the ground on 43 carries. They've allowed eight rushes of 20 yards or more this season, which is the third most in the NFL, and have sur- uh, surrendered the fourth most rushing yards overall at 128. And we talked about it when I was watching that Raiders game last weekend, how when Latavius Murray got into the second level, you just didn't see the the tackling that you saw from... Uh, and, and I know that uh, Mike White wanted... The Mike White, sorry, wanted to throw some shade in the direction of Malik Jackson on the awards show. But actually, they are missing him in the middle. They're missing him. They're missing um, uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, I just... Overall, I think that they the weakness in the front seven is allowing people to run on them. And that's a concern going forwards and into the playoffs. And, and particularly in a division where you've got the likes of Melvin Gordon, who's playing very well. Well, um, our MVP at the halfway point. Well, did we make him that? Yeah, we did. Okay. Because you, well, if you look at uh, your blurb for uh, the latest show, which was the Nelson show, by the way, one one one, you said, and we pick a surprise MVP. Right. Okay. Which was either him. Otherwise, it's not surprising. I think if it was it's Matt, Matt Stafford. It was never Matt Stafford. <laughs> do, you know, uh, do you know, on the Matt Stafford thing, you know how both me and Mike White had him? I listened to Peter King's podcast while I was driving around Crawley yesterday, and Peter King gave the halfway MVP to Matt Stafford. So if Peter King thinks it, and he knows a lot more about football than I do, 
then I'm quite happy to have made that my choice. Maybe we've both listened to the same podcast, <laughs> i.e. ours, do- doing our own podcast, and we've come to the different conclusions <laughs> over who we thought. Uh, that, fine, I'm all good with that. Yeah. Um, however, the, the one thing is the Broncos still allowing a league low, 183.3 yards in the passing game. Uh, Michael Thomas, who got the two grabs and has been, he's, he's elevated himself to being the number one receiver in New Orleans. It's amazing what a turnaround he's had in the la- latter part. But he leads all NFL rookies in receptions with 47, receiving yards with 573 and five touchdown catches. He's on pace for at least 90 receptions, 1,000 receiving yards and 10 touchdown catches. Only one player has reached those totals in their first year in the league before. Odell Beckham Jr. That's the kind of year that he's on pace for. Wow, that's amazing. And you didn't think it, you wouldn't have... I mean, I know he had a specifically very big game against the 49ers, which helps inflate a lot of that. But yeah, just overall, um, very impressive. He's got to go up against the hardest pass defence in the league this weekend. So I think that's going to be a really interesting struggle. Is it going to be Drew Brees at home? Are they going to stick with the run? Traditionally in the dome, he tends to throw. I think it's a really exciting game. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to this one. I am with I'm with you. And we've both taken the same. Yeah. This is bizarre. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who no one's willing to give any love to, apparently, according to our last show, uh, they're at 6-2. and two. They travel to the Carolina Panthers at 3-5 and five and on a bit of a winning streak. Um, this Again, there's some intriguing matchups in this one in terms of the Chiefs are going to be welcoming back Spencer Ware, it looks like it. Um, and you've got that interior of the Carolina line, which has suddenly started playing really well in the past two weeks. And then on the other side of it, the Panthers, Cam Newton has been hit a fair few times this year. And we are welcoming back one of our very favourite players in the entire of the NFL. We are welcoming back Justin Houston to... Where is it? Why can't I find it? We are welcoming back Justin Houston to the Chiefs lineup. What I like is you can't quite hear it, so you're singing completely out of time with where we are with the yeah, music. I couldn't quite hear but, it. But that's fine. That's all good. When I get... A, I'm buying some more headsets so we can sound super sexy on Radio Row this year when that Ooh. gets sorted out. So, uh, yeah, I'll make sure that once that's done, we'll... Uh, we'll um, did you swear right at the beginning of the podcast? You did, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> right, at, right at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm just writing down the uh, the edits because apparently that's my job now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> look, if we're in the studio, it's my job. If we're in your house, it's your job. How's your cup of tea, by the way? It's good, but it's annoying that the cup doesn't fit into the, the it mat. It fits perfectly. It does not fit perfectly. You leave my 49ers mug alone. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. So Justin Houston back for the Chiefs on for their tra- uh, travels to Carolina this weekend. Uh, when asked on Thursday what he expects from his first game, he says, I expect to do what I normally do. Dominate. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, he's been... L- He's uh, underwent surgery to repair his ACL this off-season um, uh, before returning. Do you remember, he, he went out for the final five games and then came back in the playoffs yeah. briefly, but didn't look very good at all. Now he's back, and he's back for good, in the immortal words of Take That. Uh... Oh, dear, you went there. You actually went there. Uh, guys, I'm really sorry. Ollie, what do you fancy from Chiefs-Panthers? I'm, I'm liking uh, the Panthers in this one. I think the Panthers are back on a roll. Jonathan Stewart... Is finally getting some 
uh, some red zone opportunities. Cam Newton's not vulturing them all from him. Um, I'd expect to see Marcus Peters line up against Kelvin Benjamin, so we could see a bit more from Ted Ginn Jr. and uh, Devin Funchess. But Kelvin Benjamin has, has looked like the Kelvin Benjamin of the first two or three games. So uh, that is that will be a really interesting matchup. Um, I kind of lambasted the Chiefs. Uh, across the field. Uh, after the last game because I said, okay, great, you got the win, but you got the win against a terrible Jags team and you didn't do it in very impressive style. But watch, going back and watching it afterwards, I kind of, I feel bad that I was so harsh on them. Nick Foles is not the guy that he was briefly for that one season in Philadelphia in the first year uh, under, under Chip there. I, I believe that the Chiefs really do have what it takes to go on a deep playoff run this year. And so I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to derail the Panthers bandwagon. That'll do. (laughs) That'll do, pig. That'll do. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we are varying on that one. Now, here's an interesting game, Ollie. Okay. The four and four Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. Traveling to take on the four and five Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota is on a brilliant run over the past three or four weeks, admittedly playing the before they were back to being good Dolphins, the Browns, you know, uh, the Jags. He's had some terrible teams in that run, but he has been looking very good. That run game is excellent. And when you consider that Green Bay. Uh, have been very good against the run, but they're missing their top three cornerbacks. They've had Clay Matthews out for so long. You know, the defensive side of the ball, they have had so many injuries. I kind of fancy a Titans upset here. Where it's going to be one is, as you say, that Tennessee Titans rush rushing offense against, which is third in the league, against the best rushing defense, uh, the Green Bay Packers, which is first in the league. Um, I love Mike Daniels. I also... Love Mike Daniels. Green Bay is still struggling on offense. That's no secret. James Starks could be back for the Packers. Which expect to see more of Ty Montgomery, Random Cobb in the back. Random Cobb? You'll get there eventually. Randall Cobb in the backfield. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what's going on, man. I still believe, but it's like... I feel sometimes it's a bit like those Arsenal fans that still believe in Arsene Wenger. <laughs> I, no, never compare Aaron Rodgers to Arsene Wenger. That's so harsh. Look, he did have the second half against uh, Chicago in the week afterwards. He did look brilliant. And then they took the foot off the gas uh, for last weekend against the Colts. And, and they did look poor. I mean, you imagine what Aaron Rodgers would do if he had the line and the running game that the Titans have got at the moment. Actually, you know, I, I like the line from a pass-blocking perspective Agreed. in Green Bay. But from a run-blocking perspective, they don't quite have it at the moment. I think they do miss sitting in that area. And they've obviously been missing no star running back to to kind of take that mantle on. Um Clay Matthews uh, hasn't been practicing for personal reasons. He missed last week's game with a hamstring injury, but you know they're going to be desperate to hope he's back so they can mount some kind of pass rush. I just it feels like this could be a damn Titans damn upset. I think it could be. I've not taken it, of course. Um, <laughs> what you've got is Rashad Matthews has totally become the the number one wide out at uh, at the Titans, and when you've got, as you said, with those three cornerbacks missing. That that will again be a place where the Titans could make hay if they if Mariota gets the ball uh, out quickly to Matthews et al. But Green Bay have only played one rushing quarterback this season, really, and that's Dak Prescott. 
and Dak didn't really use his feet much at all against Green Bay. So it'd be mm. so uh, up against Mariota, who scored that ludicrous touchdown last week. That that will be a place which Green Bay haven't been tested at all this this season, and could be again where they struggle because they'll be concentrating on uh, the likes of Demato, Demarco Murray through the middle. There could be gaps out wide for Mariota to exploit. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Um, uh, should we turn our attention to uh, have you picked the Titans uh, I have to pick the Titans okay. I'm doing it I'm taking it fair uh, enough, fair uh, enough. This is, I have no idea what this sound effect is going to sound like so let's give it a go uh, let's turn our attention to a battle of the winged beasts that is clearly an owl I just clicked on bird sound effects <laughs> try this one No, that's far too tropical. I need some kind of screech. Ah! Oh my god, that was terrifying. <laughs> I didn't press a button and then that noise came out. And my headphones are set to so loud. Ah! Uh, the Atlanta Falcons travelling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles? Eagles. One bandwagon I was firmly on early in the season. Another one that I remain on firmly. Um, I uh, particularly... Let's go back to there. Um, I, I, yeah... I find the Eagles difficult to root for right now as a winning side. The fact they're using Darren Sproles in short yardage situations baffles me. The fact that they've not managed to do anything to help that line in a blocking perspective since Lane Johnson went down, and that still looked an issue last weekend. Uh, The much-improved Falcons pass rush with Vic Beasley looking really good um, in the last couple of games. This is very, very difficult to look anywhere than a big Falcons win. But then the Falcons have contrived to giving up a lot of points this season. So maybe there'll be a bit of a shootout. I just I fancy uh, I just fancy the Falcons to go there and maybe blow them out a little bit. Carson Wentz has dropped off, hasn't he? I, I think what they've done, what they did in, earlier on in the season is utilised him in a way where they minimalised how many turnovers he'd produce. Teams have worked that out. They've worked out how to how to scheme against Wentz, and we're seeing those turnovers creep up. I kind of feel like the thing is with Wentz is I think he reads the field quite well from what I've seen. Early on when they did have a better pass-blocking line, um, he was able to go empty backfield, wide set, and then he could step, take a three, five-step drop and could read three or four reads and find the right pass. 
But now he's being put under a lot more pressure. There's a lot more captain check down. There's a lot more throws within five yards of the line. You know, we're seeing a lot of Jordan Matthews. We're seeing, I mean, Zach Ertz actually had a really good game last week. If he can continue that, then that would be really, really useful for them. Mm. But it's a lot of Darren Sproles out of the backfield. It's a lot, it's, it's just a bit uninspiring at the moment. And with the Falcons ever improving, it just looks like they are running into the wrong team at the wrong time. Then you've got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, their high-scoring offense, averaging 34 points a game. Uh, he's completing nearly 70% of his throws, 23 touchdowns to four interceptions. There's a reason that he's most people's MVP at the halfway point of the season. Um, just the Falcons are a great team, and I, I think they will continue that in Philly. I also I agree with you. I want to read this uh, Doug Pedersen. I refuse to call him Peterson. Uh, quote to you. I always, but that's the thing, I always called him Peterson. Um, it, this, is, this is on Wentz. I also think he realises realizes how hard it is to win in the NFL. And when you do win, how rewarding it is due to the preparation that goes, in, goes into the week. Is he saying that Wentz sometimes doesn't put in the preparation? It could be casting a bit of shade. That could be that could be happening. One thing he has done well is taking care of the things that we've asked him to do in managing our offense during the game. Game, he's handled it very well, and he's a former backup quarterback, Doug Peterson, and he's seen as being a guy who works really well with young quarterbacks and with guys who need fixing, uh, a la Blake Bortles. So he's a guy who knows his stuff when he comes to that side of the ball. And so, yeah, I, I, if he's saying that, then it's definitely something to consider. I mean. That's our job, Will. We are. We <laughs> are. bother reading the news. Uh, on that very point, I've just gone back and looked at the news and realised that I missed a news story off from the Saints Broncos game, the first game we talked about. Kenny Vaccaro is going to be out for four games for uh, violating the league's policy on performance enhancing drugs, specifically for using Adderall. Um, they are planning to appeal the ban, which means he remains eligible. Adderall? Uh, Adderall. The... Isn't that a, 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 an Italian. Drink. <laughs> no, it's an ADHD drug that gives you more focus and more. It's uh, famously. Oh, I'm thinking of Aperol. <laughs> Aperol, like Aperol spritz. spritz. Yeah. Brilliant. Really nice. Uh, well, it's a bit bitter for me. Oh, I love it. Um, he does remain eligible to play against the Broncos, so it doesn't affect this weekend. But when you look at behind him, Roman Harper, Shiloh Keogh, uh obviously Jairus Bird and, and Von Bell in free safeties, it's not the deepest of groups. Roman Harper had a great year last year with the Panthers, but mm, that's concerning. See, we're reading the news, we're reacting. It's all good. I, I like that. And also uh, looking like into people's quotes, if, seeing if there's anything there. That's... Uh... That's how we roll. This is is what we do for you. (laughs) On the Gridiron Um, Show. uh, (laughs) um, uh, Vikings at Washington uh, is the last of the six o'clock games that really catches my eye. Um, It's two teams who uh, had some good success and then have had a bit of a, a fall off recently. The Vikings, obviously the most obvious example of that. They went out to 5-0 and are now back at 5-3 and three and have really struggled since losing all of their offensive line, much like we talked about with Philadelphia. Washington, that brutal loss against Detroit in the final three minutes uh, a few weeks ago. Then that baffling tie against Cincinnati in London when Dustin Hopkins missed the 34-yard oh, kick in overtime. It was a great game, Will. It was I so remember watching great it back you were and really there. enjoying it. Um, <laughs> you know, so these are two teams who have been impressive at times, but have fallen off a little bit. And certainly, I think both of these teams desperately need a win here to get their season back on track. Oh, 100%. I'm, 
Washington actually looked really good against Cincinnati. I, I thought if anyone deserved to win, it was them. I liked Rob Kelly. It looks like he may keep his job. Um, I think Jay Gruden is has lost a bit of confidence in Matt Jones after that red zone fumble uh, the week or two weeks before. Uh, of course, he was injured for the game in London. With Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, I wrote a, a Tuesday morning touchdown piece about it uh, on the Gridiron website. That those It's almost a one-two punch where defences have to look out for both of them as well as having Deshaun Jackson and it's not Percy Harvin, it's uh, Pierre Garçon in there as well. I like Washington's offense. I think Kirk Cousins had a really good game. In fact, he had a career game in London. I like I like Washington for this game. And I like Jordan Reed as well, and I think you might be right. Um, we did have, they have made the switch in the backfield. Um, Rob Kelly will be starting yep. for Washington this week. We had a, a tweet in from, uh, from Mark Walker. What do you think about Kelly being the number one running back for Washington this weekend? Hashtag honestly not fantasy advice. If we're talking from a fantasy perspective, you're going up against the Vikings, and whilst they have been worst team over recent weeks the one thing they have still managed to do is stop opposition run they've still got that brilliant interior line Linville Joseph uh, Everson Griffin on the outside they can definitely stop the run but I like Rob Kelly like going forward for the rest of the season if he remains their number one I think he looks like a good runner and he doesn't cough the ball up like Matt Jones does he uh, on the eye anyone that was there at Wembley and watching Rob Kelly would have been surprised that I think going into the third quarter, he was averaging about 3.2 yards per game rather than, I think he ended up on about 4.1 yards per game. Uh, a carry. Uh, uh, but yeah, sorry, a, a, a carry. <laughs> he looks really good. Patient at the line of scrimmage, making cuts, uh, making yards after contact as well. I think he's a really interesting uh, back. And the other two fantasy guys as in Matt Jones and I think it's Chris Washington uh, Chris Thompson I like the idea he'd be called Chris Washington wouldn't that be good yeah. uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris Thompson didn't do enough for me to oust and, and, and it's I mean, been Chris, Chris, Tom- Chris Thompson is a great uh, outside source he's a great yeah. out of the backfield good pass catching back and he, he's actually a good pass blocker that's kind of underrated a lot of the time when you talk about passing down running backs is not just that they can offer an outlet they can offer a, a check down but actually that they can pass block as well um, I think this one's going to be one in the trenches I mentioned already uh, a couple of guys in that line Everson Griffin has six sacks this season Daniel Hunter and Brian Robeson have four each Linville Joseph has three huge presence at nose tackle but Washington have protected Kirk Cousins really well this yeah. season uh, he's only been sacked on something like 3.42% of pass attempts some ludicrous stat like that and um, yeah I, I think do you know what I'm going to take Washington to get their season back on track me too no that's not what I meant I'm going to take Minnesota to get their season back on track. Me not. I just think that the amount of talent they've got on defense, I can't see them losing four on the bounce, even with a rather anemic-looking offense as it is at the uh, look, cl- Classic. Take a drink, guys, those of you who play the gridiron <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> why is why is anemic become such a thing? I really I don't, don't understand. I've made it a thing, and I don't know why. <laughs> Are they booing me? Okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks for that. Uh, I've right. gone Washington. Let's just do a quick roundup of the rest of the six o'clock games. I'm just checking we haven't had any tweets on any of these ones. Somebody asked me if that's a Johnny Dangerously gif. No, John Carlson. It, it, my gif was a random gag from the film Airplane. Uh, where all the reporters run to the phone booths to dial in the report, and then the phone booths will fall over. It's very funny. Um, Rams-Jets, the backup quarterback bowl, as this one is. Uh, who can who will pull their starter quicker, the Rams or the Jets? <laughs> That's the question here. Will we see Case Keenan pulled, and will we see, will they finally accept their season's over and we need to get Jared Goff out there? And will Ryan Fitzpatrick survive against Bryce Petty? I mean, he's two for two for 19 yards so far this season, so he's the more impressive passer. There's a lot of people calling for him to get in there. Just so many turnovers, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 13 interceptions to eight touchdowns. This um, And this Rams team, not a team you can particularly run on. Uh, don't expect a big day out of Matt Forte. Jets you can't really run on. Don't expect a big day out of Todd Gurley. So these quarterbacks are both going to have to be throwing. And they this, this could get ugly quickly. This is the sort of game which could finish 6-3 after overtime. And not one of those great 6-3s, which is defense, brilliant plays. Oh, no. This is going to be turgid. A sloppy mess. Uh, Todd Gurley did um, not practice at the beginning part of the week. He was, uh, he's been listed as questionable with a thigh injury. I don't think that's going to affect him. I think he will suit up. But yeah, you're right. It, it's not going to be a good game for either him, Benny, Big Benny in the backfield, Benny Cunningham. Um, who, who, who are you taking? Who do you fancy? I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, I think I'm taking the Jets. I think it's home Jets field too. advantage. Crossing the... Crossing the the country as well. I'm taking Jets. No, we will not wrap. Uh, Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Texans are going to go six and three, and they're a terrible football team. And it actually makes me a little bit angry. No, the Jaguars are going to get their get their season back on track and make a push to make eight and eight, and then the playoffs. If eight and eight makes the playoffs. That's a disgusting eventuality. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just taking the Texans because the Jags have been so bad this year. I'm taking the Jags because they can't get any worse. Yeah. They, they can. They can get Browns worse. <laughs> 49ers worse. Oh, come on. Whoa. Oh. It hurts a little bit yeah, in my soul. Yeah. Of, somebody actually tweeted us saying, uh, Alex tweeted us saying, do we really have six more Cleveland games this year? It's as unfair on the fans as it is the team at this point. Painful viewing. You can guarantee we won't <laughs> see their all-brown Thursday night colour rush <laughs> at all. We won't see it because they won't be... Um, well, did they have they already picked who's on Thursday night football? Maybe we will see it, but... What are you on about? They've got an all-brown colour rush. Yeah, well... What did they wear last night? They all white. All white, yeah. Yeah, but every team has to play a, a Thursday night game in a season, so... Yeah, but that means that they might not play in another one, and therefore they're they all brown. But they're all already pre-decided. What are you on about? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I just was <laughs> talking to... I was just making... I was, you know, arguing with myself then. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, bears at Bucks. Bucks. Two and six Bears, three and five Bucks. Um... I mean, Chicago have been bouncing back in the last few weeks. Jay Cutler did look really good a couple of weeks ago. Jordan Howard is clearly the better of the two running backs there, and they've finally gone to him as the starter. Doug Martin's back practicing, but is unlikely to start this weekend, so it looks like another run out for Peyton Barber, who I thought had a really good game, actually, uh, last week. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's uninspiring, isn't it? Mike Evans went through the concussion protocol. I'm not sure whether he's 
he's uh, Mike Evans is expected back. Is he expected back? So, uh, Jameis Winston hasn't been great this season. Low. I think he's got the most um, the most amount of uh, interceptions out of any quarterback that has more touchdowns than interceptions. I think he's got nine interceptions. Of really... people with a positive touchdown to interception ratio, he has the most interceptions. Yeah. So you've got to take the Ryan Fitzpatrick's out of this. Case Keenum saying. out of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jameis Winston 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, I still like Winston a lot. I like what he offers on the ground. I think he is a good passer overall, but again, not been great protection there in Tampa Bay. Uh, and we talked about it with the star players on a, on a team. that They're Defensive stars haven't lived up to it. Alteron Werner hasn't lived up to it. Brent Grimes hasn't lived up to it. Uh, Levante David, yes, he still looks good against the run, etc., making lots of tackles. But where in those first two years he made interceptions, he forced fumbles, he he made game-changing plays. Those seem to have gone out of his game. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears on the road. I'm not. Kel surprise. I am taking the, <laughs> I'm taking the Bucks. You're not even sure they actually exist. Right. Really? Now we've got out of that horrible slate of games. Uh let's move on. In fact, do you know what? Even to make sure we get them all out of the way, let's quickly, when we're talking about the late games, start off with Miami. With the, Miami. Miami. No, with the 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. The 49ers at 1 and 7, the Cardinals at 3 and 4 and 1. A place that earlier this week Carson Palmer said, I like where we're at. I, really? You might be the only one. Yeah. Um, uh, 49ers, do you know what? Colin Kaepernick played really well last week, but he played really well against that Saints defence at home. So let's not get overexcited, shall we? Uh, so was anyone getting overexcited? <laughs> not even overexcited? No, I don't think they were. Um, do you know? <laughs> do you know how big the line is for Arizona in this game? Oh, no. Now that you've learned how lines work... How bigger? Considering I haven't seen a game yet this week where the favourite line hasn't been more than three or four points. I spoke to a betting guy this week for the NFL show, and he said it's the biggest line they've ever had. Oh, I don't. I've definitely seen bigger lines than this. Is it fourteen points? It's thirteen and a half points. Okay. I've definitely seen fourteen-point lines before. Okay. Very rarely any bigger than that, but. Yeah, well, the 49ers aren't a very good football team, are they? And if the Cardinals need to get their season back on track somehow, there's no better thing to do than face the 49ers at home after you've had a decent break. So, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals. Cardinals have 10 players on season-ending IR. That's amazing, isn't wow, it? Wow, that is mental. They lost Jared Veld here, a left tackle, with a torn bicep, biceps, and Tyrion Matthew, the honey badger himself, um... It has gone out as well. Despite all of that, even the practice squad are better than the 49ers. I am picking the Cardinals. Ouch. Uh, yeah, Jared Vildier goes down the same week that Eric Armstead goes down to a season-ending injury himself. And the thing is, actually, Eric Armstead's injury, not season-ending, but they put him on season-ending IR because they're like, it's probably bad enough that he'll be available week 15, 16, but do we want to risk a good young player going back into that team at 1-12, and 1-13? and 13? Probably not. Let's just put him on IR. It's a little, like, I feel like Carlos Hyde's been ready to play for two weeks and they've just gone, do we really want to put him out there when he could get injured and won't be available for us in the long run? I think they might be a little bit. Are yeah. they tanking? <laughs> <laughs> they're like the Browns. They're desperate for a Browns win and it's just not coming. Um, <laughs> if they get the second pick, they can always move up. Uh, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins 4-4 four and four <laughs> and the San Diego. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do Thanks, it. Thanks, bud. I thought uh, you'd let that drop. Brilliant. We now know this is going to be one of the last ever games of the San 
Diego. Most likely. Most Makes likely. Me sad. You know, Bob, you know, Bobby is out there, a uh, friend of the show. Is he going our, to this game? He's. I'm not sure whether he's... I think he is going to this game, but he's out there. So in the time that he's been out there, Trump wins the election and his San Diego charges may not exist Ugh. any longer. He's He's in the market for a new team. Is he actually going to go to a new team if they leave he says, San Diego? He says, that's it. I'm going to I'm gonna new team it. Other San Diego wow. fans. If San Diego, if the Chargers leave San Diego, what are you going to do? Let us know. Yeah, I'd love to know. Uh, at Gridiron on Twitter or, you know, call Ollie on 0784. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, the thing is, you say the Miami Dolphins and you're a bit harsh on them. If, if you, it wasn't. If, it was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> if you get, like, somebody has tweeted us asking the question. Chris Jones has said, if Miami get two wins from two in California, will they make the playoffs? Now, they've got, they're at the Chargers. That's the toughest of these games. But they're then at the Rams at the Coliseum next weekend, a game you're going to be at. Yep. And then they're, at, they're home to the 49ers the week after that. They could come out of this run at 7-4 and four, and suddenly in an AFC where there's a lot of teams around the 500 mark could be really in contention for a wildcard place. Who was thinking that when they lost to the Titans back at the beginning of October? Yeah, exactly. When no they were 1-4. and four. Like Everyone was ready to say their season's done. Brilliant. Well done, Miami. Flip off. This is What's exciting about this game, obviously, is that it is the two second-year running backs going head-to-head. Jay Ajayi... Melvin Gordon, same field, not the same time, but yeah, I, that's it's going to be all about which of those running backs is go- they're going to be getting the star billing and which of them can get going. Um, because if you want to compare quarterbacks, Philip Rivers is obviously the stronger of the two. Really impressed with Tyrell Williams so far this season. They've managed to fill in those pass catchers when so many players have gone down really, really well. Um, it's funny, Ajayi and, uh, and and Melvin Gordon, good friends. So oh, wow. it'd be good to see which of them comes out and kills it. Miami have the 30th worst rush defense. The Chargers oh. have the fifth best rush defense. That's where it's going to be won. We'll see if Jai really, really, really is the real deal. He is the real deal. But um, I am... Oh, man. I think for me, it, it's, this comes down to the superstars. This comes down to the Philip Rivers of the world, the Joey Boses of the world. And, and they've got... The, the, the average squad in Miami and San Diego isn't that far apart. I think San Diego has the better squad, but San Diego has those standout players performing at a high level. And Miami have <laughs> Tannehill. <laughs> I got you. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so are we both taking the charges? I've, I had taken Miami, the Dolphins, but I have decided to go for the Chargers. The Dolphinis. Right, let's finish off with three cracking-looking games, starting off with Dallas Cowboys 7-1. The Dallas Cowboys going to the 4-4 Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Interesting, somebody got in touch with us. Uh, Chris tweeted, many saying Cowboys have simplified their system to help Dak. If they have, how come defences can't stop them when they're running a simple offence? I think because we've come down to it, it's about talent. Amazing O-line, amazing running back. Cole Beasley, one of the best slot receivers in the league. Des Bryant now coming out and making catches for the first time after his injury. So they've suddenly got one of the top receivers back available on the outside. They have simplified things, but because Prescott has great pocket awareness, um, he doesn't always read the field brilliantly, but 
he only needs a couple of reads and good pocket awareness and knowing that he can scramble. It looks it's very much like the early Russell Wilson mm. where he could scramble out and then force a play. And you know that when you've got those veterans, you saw it with the, um, the touchdown to Jason Witten last week where that was a completely busted play. But Witten read what was happening, saw that the scramble was on, so changed his route, came back inside and then made the play. And that was all on him and it forced the two safeties to come together. But I, the Steelers have had a couple of really poor games in the last three weeks, especially against the Ravens. Their offense is too good to keep being like that. And the Dallas defense, this is, it's kind of gone under the radar that Rob Marinelli has, for the second in three years, managed to get them playing above the level that their talent suggests. But I just think this is finally going to be the Cowboys' next loss. The Steelers have got to bounce back in some way. So I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's exactly what I've done. <laughs> I think what we saw last week with the Steelers was that's going to get really annoying for everyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop, stop it now. It. Right, yeah, I think yeah. we need to... Right, no more saying <laughs> team names wrong. Let's agree right now <laughs> that this was a terrible idea. Apart from my ammo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot we... I've, I've forgotten to call... Um, the Viking Stadium, the Glass House of Joy since I first dubbed it that. But that's because it's been the Glass House of Shame in the last few weeks. Shame. I don't have the shame stab, shame. unfortunately. Shame. I'll just go, um, carry on. Shame. You're really good at it. It's actually quite disturbing. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was I talking about? Oh, so I think it, sh- <laughs> I think it showed last week that Pitts- uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, they hadn't really... It- it was almost a game time decision. Hadn't done enough practicing and they only really started to click in that fourth quarter with a whole other week under his belt. I think they will start clicking. Antonio Brown is my favorite player in the NFL bar none uh, at the moment. I'm going the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cool. Let's move on to Sunday night football. A couple of news stories around this one. Sunday night. It's so sexy when you do it. Uh, Richard Sherman has been fined for his hit on Dan Carpenter. Uh, Carpenter, this is getting ridiculous. Um, Sherman was deemed offside in the play, but Dean Blandino uh, later acknowledged it should have been unnecessary roughness. The referee didn't think that the contact was severe enough. He felt the players were just coming together and it didn't look like a foul. We looked at it. It is a foul. Uh, He has been fined for it. Good. Well done, refereeing. Uh, Dion Lewis. He could be back on Sunday. He could be back. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt talked about how he has been looking nasty uh, in the uh, open field this week. Uh, Coming back from two knee surgeries, the scat back, an intriguing wild card for this offense going into the second part of the season. That's what they are, though. It's the style of, it's like the Darren Sproles type back. Um, Everyone's been asked about how good he's been and everyone has talked about how electric he's looked on the field. Um, You know, whether or not he will replace James White week one. I expect what will happen is much like what they did with Rob Gronkowski you saw very early in the season where it'll be on limited snaps. So maybe expect if Dion Lewis is cleared to play against the Seahawks, maybe expect him out there for 10, 12 snaps. Maybe he'll have a couple of carries, a couple of catches, but don't expect anything too much from him, I would say. But considering they are where they are, they're doing what they're doing. They're going to this latter point in the season looking so impressive to be able to add a player that we've seen such quality from in a reasonably small sample size in the past. It's just, it's just another mind blowing element to what's looking like a very good Patriots team. Yes, it is. Jerry Collins had a great game. I'd say a great first half for the Browns last night. How much 
do you think they've missed him or is it Dante Hightower and 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 others the the rest of the supporting cast have they filled that hole sufficiently or not um i, I uh, um uh, i <laughs> i actually i i think they have i think the thing is with the the patriots i i think that they're always going to get rid of guys like that if they're not happy with the way they're interacting with the rest of the squad. And it seems like they can go and pick guys up off the street. What they did with Akeem Ayers a couple of years ago when they went yeah. on that Super Bowl run, when he was amazing coming back in. They are just very good at finding a way to fill those holes in their scheme. I, I think their defense is actually slightly underperforming to the quality. Um, interesting one in this. If the Patriots don't throw a pick at home to the Seahawks this weekend, they will tie an NFL record nine games to open a season without a single interception. The problem is they're facing the Seahawks, against whom Tom Brady has thrown multiple picks the last three times he's faced them. So that is where we're going to be needing to see. They like The Seahawks are going to have to, going on the road, they are going to have to absolutely kill it defensively if they're going to win this one. And actually, when I look at what the Seahawks have done in recent weeks, I don't. Nothing, they're a team who have, when they've won, they've won tight games. They've not won them impressively. They've tied that game. I just think... They're still not quite there, and I'm. I'm. I, who would I want to win this one? I kind of want it to be a tie. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm. I'm going to take the Patriots, though. I'm taking the Patriots. I want, of course. I mean, this is the NFC rivalry, Seattle and the 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 catch non catch, the fail Mary. I'm uh, sorry. But I like Jimmy Graham, and I've got him in all my fantasy teams. <laughs> so, okay, I'd like a New England win. That's by why. A... That's why you're asking about the linebackers. You want to know how much Jimmy Graham was going to be covered? <laughs> yeah. You're uh, such a slut. Uh, I'm going for a New England win, but I'd like a massive game from Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham, please, football gods. Right, quick one. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals three and four and one going to the five and three New York Giants. Imagine if if Dallas do lose this weekend and the Giants win this one, they're to within a game of the Cowboys, still to face each other this year. That gets really interesting at the top of the NFC East. Yeah. Continues to be a good division. This oh, is... Who would have thought? Yeah, it's upsetting, Who would have thought? This, uh, this is a complete scratch in terms of the betting perspective. Uh, there is no favourite in this one. Um, and I don't think that's surprising, particularly with Cincinnati coming off that tie, coming off the bye week. But that is a chance for them to get fit. That's a chance for them to allow Tyler Eifert... I know he had a good game at Wembley, but to really get... Uh, his sea legs underneath him, as it were. I am still slightly on the bandwagon. It's a it's a collapsing bandwagon, but I'm still there somewhat. I am gonna take the Bengals. Oh, I'm taking the Bengals. Oh, really? I like the Bengals. I think their defense is better than the Giants' defense, and their offenses are pretty much. The Bengals' offense is better than the Giants' offense. Okay, the quarterback may not be as good, but the running backs are better, equally as good wide receivers, and the tight ends are better. I am going for a Bengals win. What's interesting with these defenses, Bengals 25th ranked overall, 19th in scoring. Giants ranked 23rd overall. Um, They have the 25th ranked pass defense. Cincinnati giving up 262 yards a game. When they do give up uh, through the air, when they do give up over 250 yards through the air in a game, they're 0-3-1. So it's going to all be down to which defense does stop the opposition offense. And 
you know, Eli's looked good this year. We know what Odell Beckham can do on his day. Sterling Shepard's been good. Uh, I, it just, it's a really intriguing matchup. I think it's going to be a great Monday night football. And in a, a coin flip, I'm just about taking the Bengals based on overall depth of quality. And it's not like a Thursday night where you've got to take the home team because of the short week. On a Monday night, I think that doesn't come into it as much on Monday prime time. Cincinnati to New York isn't too far. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals. So you've changed from going the Giants. Did, no, I'm t- I No, I think I was. I, I did. I went oh, the Bengals because I bandwagoned. Oh yeah, okay. I, I was always umming the Bengals, but only really um, umming them. I'm. I'm feeling slightly more confident. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? No, no, I'm not. No, uh, Ollie. <laughs> look, we should get out, and you need to go to work. And yes, I really do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, is there any final thoughts from you ahead of week 10? Where are you watching the games on Sunday? I might watch them here. I'm going to be tired after the wedding and then working Sunday morning. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might red zone it and then sleep it. Well, if you fancy coming and red zoning it here with me, get some chips and dips. Maybe could. some make some burritos. Ooh, yeah. Have a whale of a time. Yeah. Sweet. Let's do that. All right. right. Thank you very much for listening, as always. And to play us out, what music do I have available to me? Let's go with the always beautifully sung. I remember when we put this on here as an ode to Doug Peterson. situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now.